When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And welcome into the latest edition of ESPN FC. Ali Moreno and Kay Murray here in the studio looking back on some cup action in England today. Carabao Cup action where there was quite a dramatic exit. It is fair to say for Manchester City, five changes for Pep Guardiola's side taking on the lowest ranked Premier League team. But it was 2-0, a wonderful goal in this as well. And this is Man City out of the tournament. Let's welcome in Luis Garcia and Frank LeBuff. Frank, you had a close eye on this game. What went wrong for City? Sloppiness, I would say. Um, they, weren't, they weren't into the game, you know, for, for 90 minutes. Even with the substitution, it didn't work. In contrary to the Saints, who did the game they had to do when you play a cup, uh, a cup game, a quarter-final of the cup game, and I think it's the first time for Guardiola that he's out of the quarter-final quarter in 15 years. Uh, you have to be into the game and ready to play a cup, a cup game. And it wasn't the case for, for, for Manchester City. And the Saints did what they had to do. Uh, it's the first goal for Mara uh, since he joined uh, Southampton. And everybody was part on, in, the, in the Saints side. Where, again, sloppiness, uh, uh, slowliness... <laughs> and, um, is is defining is defining Manchester City. I see not I saw nothing. Now, the first time this season I see what the hell is going wrong with City. I didn't see anything. I think they had no shot on target. I think and, uh, no and shots, defensively no. they were nowhere near it. So they deserve to lose. Who was the poorest player in your opinion today, Frank? Oh, oh hard to say. Really hard to say. Uh, of course, Ortega is, uh, is guilty for the second goal, but he had some saves. Uh, I would say overall, everybody, I mean, everybody was sloppy. Everybody, even, even the substitute when they came, I barely saw De Bruyne, I barely saw some others. Uh, and Haaland, we didn't see him at all. Uh, I think the, the spirit of the team and the spirit of each player didn't travel to, uh, to Southampton and they stayed in Manchester, I guess, because I saw nothing compared to what I normally see today was nothing. I think we saw even, even uh, um, Pep Guardiola wasn't upset at the end of the game. He was smiling to the coach, uh, accepting the defeat, which is really rare for him, and, uh, and accepted the fact that, um, you know, they deserve to lose. It is strange because, as Frank was mentioning, it's a cup that they often win, six of the last nine for Pep Guardiola. It's usually that cup that sends them on their way and gives them a bit of a spring in their step for what's ahead for the rest of the season. Is this going to hurt them? Well, it's just rare to find a Manchester City team that seems disinterested, that lacks quality in their passing game, that is turning the ball unnecessarily, that doesn't get a shot on goal. And... You are playing against Southampton, who, if you don't know, they've struggled the whole year. And I mean, they've struggled. And I just think it's part of, of, of Manchester City thinking about bigger things. 
and that perhaps the League Cup is something that they just kind of go, you know what, been there, done that. We're just going to show up, and if we win, we win, and if we don't, we just have bigger things to worry about. I just don't think that that is the mentality that you should have. It is not the approach that you should take. Uh, every trophy is important. Of course, there are degrees of importance, but when it is an elimination game, at the very least, you want to see some urgency. At the very least, you want to see competitiveness, and certainly from a team of the caliber of Manchester City, you want to see some quality, and we didn't see any of that today. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it, Luis? Because with that attitude, say they have gone out there and thought, if we win, we win, and if we don't, we don't. When you've got those players out there, I don't know if he can think that. That's usually said if you put a youth team out there. And as I said earlier, this is a cup competition that Pep usually takes seriously and usually helps them forwards. Yes, of course, but uh, it's a little bit of a, of a mix. You arrive to a, a game in the middle of the week thinking that you have Manchester United and Tottenham coming up. The players who are involved in this one probably are not going to be involved against United, so that kind of gives you uh, um, even less you need to focus and motivate yourself quite a lot to try to play against uh, Southampton. And then on the other side, you've got a team that is extra motivated because they know that they have a chance to go to a semi-final of the Cup, maybe even win it uh, if they are uh, lucky. And uh, when you, you see that the players are not giving that 100%, you start believing in yourself, you start giving more. So I think it was a poor performance of Manchester City that we really see that happening in any competition or in any game, even in friendly. But it can happen, and I think that everybody who has been playing on the game, and I'm sure that Ali and Frank will agree with me, there are games like this one where nothing happened, it's, it's late at night, it's cold, it's like not the best game. And yes, if you, because you go my talent, win it, perfect, you go through. But if not, okay, let's focus on Manchester United because we've got bigger things coming up. And do you think that's what's happened then, Frank? They've got that game against Manchester United and football is a funny old game because Manchester United come into the Manchester derby in better form than Man City and this only adds into that narrative as well. Do you think that this Southampton game was always going to be a banana skin for City? Uh, I, I never thought it would be that banana kind of games, you know, and that, uh, that poor games and poor performance because... I mean, it's Manchester City overall, as you said, you know, you have a B squad enough to cop with uh, the last of the, uh, of the Premier League. Uh, but it's not a good sign for Manchester United for me. Um, Pep Guardiola is going to be upset. The fans are going to be upset. They will ask for um, a correction of their performance. And it's going to be against Manchester United in a big derby. I will be Ten Hag. I will be the Manchester United players. I will have to be ready and ready and ready to make sure they don't they are, they are not smashed by a revenge city uh, the next game. Luis, you've played in a lot of big derbies. Are Manchester United looking at what's happened tonight and worrying about it? You will be concerned that probably, like Frank is mentioning, they're going to bring with a different intensity. They're going to bring, like, try to forget about the game and try to focus what is coming next. They need uh, to win to try to get closer to, to Arsenal. So the most important is show a different face that they show today. And uh, when you play in this kind of... I mean, I don't think that any player can uh, need a, a motivation to play against Man United in these kind of derbies. But still, when you didn't have a, a good game and your manager is going to extra push you to say, listen... What we saw in the midweek, I don't want to see it again. I want to bring the desire, the commitment, and, of course, the energy that we normally put, apart from your talent. 
and you're going to play against Man United, so you know that you're going to see a different face from this Manchester City game. Look, if I were Pep Guardiola, I know that Pep Guardiola needs any advice from me. But if I were him and I walk into that locker room at St. Mary's, I go, all right, you guys didn't want to play today? I'm assuming that you're going to be ready for the weekend then, right? Because if you didn't want to play today, it's because you were saving yourself for something greater. And something greater is this weekend. It would have been my one and only comment to the team today. In that I recognize that you were awful today. I recognize that you lacked energy and urgency. Right. If you're saving yourself, you're saving yourself for something that matters. This weekend matters. And so, therefore, I expect the very best from you. And then after that, once we get into the training field, then we start talking the specifics. But the first thing that you have to get right is the mindset. Today, Manchester City, we're not in the right frame of mind. You assume that that will change for the weekend against Manchester United. Well, the big news today was that João Felix has completed his loan move to Chelsea. It is just until the end of the season. It's a reported initial loan fee of 11 million. And so this is going to be interesting to see how it all plays out. Anyway, Graham Potter had his say on the arrival of this new player. Well, he's been training regularly and he's had game time. So I think from a physical perspective, he can, he can go in. I mean, he always... It's always a little bit unknown because you're going from one country to another country and there's always a, an adaptation um, period. But in terms of how long that takes, it can go from case to case, to case and player to player. Uh, I, I look at him, I see a confident person, a confident player, a player that's able to impose himself on the game. His personality, his attributes are that he can take the ball, he can take it in tight spaces, make the difference in the final third, make some passes. Um, I think he... Con complements what we have as well so he's a nice addition we're looking really looking forward to working with him louise potter mentioned there that transition of going from one league to another in this case it's la liga to the premier league something mm. you've done oh what will be joe felix's biggest obstacle in this move and in this transition at the moment, the only obstacle that I see that he doesn't perform well is himself because I, 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 see, I saw him in the past few months struggling so much playing for Atletico in Madrid. Sad, uh, not running, mentally drained. I think that that uh, partnership with uh, Simeone didn't work. But my biggest concern was uh, the last game when I saw him playing against Barcelona when he was out of the game. He was off. And if you don't have the mentality to play one of the biggest games that you can play uh, uh, in Spain that is against Barcelona, if you cannot motivate yourself to play these kind of games when the things are not going well, that means that not, you don't have the problem with Simeone. I think you have the problem with yourself. If you're going to arrive to Chelsea and you're going to try to perform well, but maybe things are not going to be your way, that's a big concern. Are you going to behave the same way? Are you not going to run? Are you not going to fight? Are you going to try to be? Because I don't have a doubt about his talent. I, I think he's one of the most talented uh, midfielders or attackers uh, in Europe at the moment. Uh, his, uh, his view of the game, his football intelligence, his quality, I think is proven. We've seen him uh, playing for Atletico Madrid, also before in Portugal and also with the national team. But my biggest concern is his mentality because in England what he's going to face is tackling, uh, a lot of energy, a lot of uh, uh, ups and downs. You're going to need to change that mentality that uh, you haven't had uh, for Atletico Madrid. You just mentioned that talent, Luis, and you mentioned what he possesses. And if he does tap into that, what does he actually bring to this Chelsea side? Creativity in the last year. I think he's a player who can combine, who can link with the strikers, a player who can score goals. 
uh, physically is strong, he's very good, he's skillful, uh, so he can bring a lot of things to the last third. Uh, the, for me, the most important is creativity. When he is in the last third, one uh, mech, one skill, one drop in the shoulder, that's the kind of things we are seeing here. One of the best uh, performances uh, for Atletico Madrid, one of the best highlights. But at the end, it's about that. His ability to arrive in the last third is fantastic. So I think that's going to uh, bring uh, with uh, Mason Mount, with players like him, they can be linked and can uh, combine and do well. So goals and, and assists, that's something that uh, Joao Felix provides. I'm not concerned at all about Joao Felix's immediate productivity because I think he is sprinting, and I mean sprinting to Chelsea. He... He couldn't wait to get on another team on a different field than Atletico Madrid and Diego Simeone. And so there is a motivation level there and a freedom there that I think he's going to be able to express. And so early on, I think that there will be productivity from Joao Felix. I think he will have an impact. My concern with Joao Felix is consistency. It's not whether he can play well today. It's whether he can play well today, next week, and the week after that. That he hasn't been able to answer. He hasn't been able to answer that with Atletico Madrid, with Portugal. Now, is the talent there? No question. I agree with Luis. He brings a lot of different things to Chelsea that Chelsea right now do not have, do not possess. And his ability to find spaces, his ability to create opportunities for himself and for others, absolutely. I'm with you, Luis Garcia. But here's the thing that I'm really concerned is, once he gets bored, uh, once the excitement of being gone from Diego Simeone and Atletico Madrid, once it is time to continue to perform week after week after week after week, are we going to see the best version of Joao Felix? I hope. I hope we do. But we haven't been able to see that over the last few seasons. Frank, do you like the move for Chelsea? <laughs> My God. I can't even tell you that I hope that I'm going to be wrong and so wrong. I thought I would be wrong again with Raheem Sterling when he signed, where I say, well, I'm not sure. I'm not sure that guy is going to be perfect. I'm not sure he's going to change the, the game of Chelsea. Well, he didn't. When Obama Young signed, I say, well, no, I don't think it's the right move. And I was right. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm hearing from Luis that the guy is struggling. And I'm hearing from Alejandro that the guy is not consistent. And I just want to remind people that he's going to a club which is struggling like crazy and which is so inconsistent that I'm wondering why do you want me to think that's a good move? It's, it's clearly a big question mark. I really hope that I'm wrong. I really hope that he's going to be successful. Like Luis said, I have no doubts about his talent. But I'm exactly like the guys. The guy is inconsistent. The guy is struggling right now, and he's been struggling for, for at least a year, or even two years. Uh, didn't score a lot, didn't put all his talent to, to the team. And, uh, and I wonder, why do you need that player who looks like so much, so many players at front, who struggle like him, who are inconsistent like him? And I can name Averts, Mans Mason Mount, uh, Akim Ziyech before Werner. So I'm sorry, he's not the player I was looking for that I think Chelsea should have maimed. Uh, it's, on, it's a loan. It's going to be for six months. I don't think Chelsea is going to be ready to pay well, like 100 million uh, next summer for him. So again, hopefully I'm wrong and I want to be wrong, but I'm not sure that I'm going to be wrong. Luis, Frank just listed off some names there. Mount, Havertz, Ziyech, Werner, obviously no more. 
Is Joe Felix better than those players or where does he rank among them? No, yeah, he's, it's at the same level. I think that he's got the ability to create things. He's got the ability to score goals. But once again, he's a special player. He's a, he's a player that he needs to be played in one position. Uh, we've seen it with Simeone that I know and understand that playing for Simeone is not the easiest thing to, to do because uh, he, he asks you so many efforts, so many runs, so many uh, fights, so many consistency that the guy just mentioned. That's something that is gonna is being asked Atletico Madrid. So my worry is that one. If he's got the talent of the, the players you just mentioned with CJ, with Harvest players who are calling the last there, who have the ability to score goals, who have the ability to create, but not doesn't have the the, the I'm, I don't want to say commitment. I, I'm trying to think that the best word, but they don't have the will to work for 90 minutes every single weekend. They are there to receive the ball, to turn around, to make something happen. But on this football, on these days, it's not like before that you have your playmaker, you give the ball to the playmaker and they will do. On these games today, on football, uh, modern football today, you need to run. You need to go forward, you need to go back. And just Fran just mentioned, Chelsea is struggling. So you need everybody involved in defensive tasks and in attacking tasks. Everybody as a team. And at the moment, Joao Feliz, yeah, he's going to do it in the beginning, but hopefully he can keep it for quite a long time. One player who won't be involved for the next two months, as Graham Potter revealed, is Christian Pulisic. There's already a lot of similar players in this team. Is that say bad things for Pulisic? What does it mean for his future? Well, the worst thing about Christian Pulisic and his time in Chelsea is the fact that he hasn't been available for selection. And a lot of the times his injuries and this and that and the other, and he just hasn't been available. And part of being successful is being a player who the manager knows that if he turns to you, he can trust that you're going to be on the field and you're going to do the job. If he turns to Christian Pulisic right now, Graham Potter does, all he can see is a guy who's at the trainer's table. And that has happened time and time again. And look, it's unfortunate from the perspective of Christian Pulisic, but I can tell you that I just don't see a future for him in Chelsea. I don't, I don't see how Chelsea continues to wait for Christian Pulisic, and I don't know that Christian Pulisic wants any part of the future with Chelsea either. I think he's looking for something else, for something different, for some other sort of challenge, for somewhere where he can play consistently, whereas Chelsea are looking at, at him and say, uh, yeah, we want you to be consistent too, consistently out there. We want you to be available, and he hasn't. And so I cannot make an argument for Christian Pulisic. There have been moments in which you get encouraged by his performances, but if he continues to be injured, it's very difficult to sit here and say, yeah, continue to wait for the guy because there's talent there. I don't think that a club like Chelsea will do that, and I just don't think that Christian Pulisic would be better served in staying with Chelsea. I think he needs to go somewhere else and play. But in order to play, he has to be healthy, he has to be fit, and he has to be available. Speaking of waiting, and just to go back to Joao Felix, Sid Lowe was explaining yesterday why he has actually mm. signed an extra year with Atleti. Obviously, this is just a loan deal with Chelsea until the end of the season, but he signed another year with Atleti, and the rumours are, not that it's just financial, as okay. Sid Lowe was saying, the rumours are, Luis Garcia, that it's because there are reports that Diego Simeone could be leaving, and that would mean that Joao Felix could return oh. happily to Atleti. Yeah, there's always rumors about Simeone leaving, but he's still there and he signed a new deal and he's got another year uh, uh, of contract. And uh, normally what we heard 
from the club has always been that if he's a, he's available to uh, bring the, the the Champions League to the club, he's going to continue because that's the problem with, with that. He's got a, 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 a he's got a, a contract quite very high, but the problem is if he's not in Champions League. They cannot pay him, but if he brings the club to the Champions League, he's going to continue. So yeah, there's been rumor about him leaving with Luis Enrique, also waiting maybe the opportunity to to join. I think there is a lot of rumors about that, and there is a lot of fans that would love to see Luis Enrique uh, uh, dealing with, the, with this team, with the talent of this team. But I'm not sure that, that that's going to happen because Simeone probably is going to get this uh, uh, Atlético de Madrid to Champions League next year once again. Uh, but he's just put a name into the air there, mm. Luis Enrique. Yeah. Uh-huh. We'll, we'll take that and run with it and we'll uh-huh. keep our eye on it. Uh-huh. Uh, make sure to catch the latest edition of what we're going to call the Guest and Jewel Show. Okay. The latest podcast. Gab's back tomorrow, though. Oh. But on the latest one, as you can see, it is Don Hutchison. Get that wherever you get your podcasts. Did you know less than 10% of Americans own an e-bike? Here's why that should change. Studies show e-bike owners actually end up exercising more, plus getting outside more. If you're looking for a balanced lifestyle and everyday adventures, you need to check out Electric e-bikes. They are the number one selling e-bike brand in America. Their bikes are typically foldable, pre-assembled and have serious range up to 150 miles on some models. Check them out today at electricebikes.com and add some more adventure to your week. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-Bikes.com. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't a search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work, use Indeed for scheduling, screening and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash FC. Just go to Indeed.com slash FC right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on the podcast. Indeed.com slash FC, terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We got to see the Spanish Supercopa semi-final, the first of them, Real Madrid and Valencia in action today. We'll pick it up in the 37th minute. This is when Real Madrid would get themselves a penalty alley. The rarely seen long ball over the top to Karim Benzema, who does well in holding up the challenge. Omer finishes quite well. Perfect execution, one nothing. one nothing going into the half, but no sooner had the second half started, and Samuel Lino did this. Optional defending at the back post from Lucas Vasquez. Doesn't see Lino coming in late. Floater ball to the back post. Good finish. Now here we saw Vinny Jr. late on with a chance. Took too many touches. One touch, two touch, three touch. Mavardas really comes out and makes a save. It would go to extra time. In extra time we saw a couple of chances coming for the sides from Perez. Big save, big save, huge save by Thibaut Courtois, the near post, still 1-1. And then it would go to penalties because be 1-1 is how it would finish at extra time. <laughs> yep, this was skied here. Hey! By Comer. Still rising. 
Real Madrid would score all of their penalties. That was Marco Asensio. Made it 4-3 at the time. So it all came down to Gaia. I know. Uh-uh. <laughs> I know. I know. He's a leg. Oh, no. Whatever attempt that was at a Panenka, let's not do that again. Yeah, I won't get ahead of myself. So, 1-1 after extra time. Real Madrid winning this one on penalties. This is how it finished. Tomorrow we have the semi-final between Betis and Barca. And we will get to talking about that in just a moment. But first, let's hear from Thibaut Courtois, who spoke to Alexis Nunes after the game. All right, Thibaut Courtois, man of the match, an amazing performance from you once again in the final of the Supercopa. Feels after that match because Valencia pushed you guys to the limit. Yeah, I don't think it was our best uh, game today. I think uh, especially the second half, we were a bit too passive and that's why they scored early. And then, uh, yeah, we didn't create big chances. went to the extra time. We, there we had a couple of good chances. We couldn't win. Then they had one in the final uh, minutes that I saved. And then, yeah, in the penalties and uh, the shootout, we know that we have, uh, or I know that, that we have good players to shoot, so I just knew that uh, we had to save uh, one or two, and uh, that was fine. Now, unfortunately, overall, you've had some big injuries to deal with, of course, with Alaba out. I know you, of course, are between the six, but has that been hard to deal with, you think, in the last couple of games? No, I think it's fine. We have a lot of uh, good players uh, everywhere, so that's the easy thing in this team, that uh, one goes out, one goes in, and we are used to each other, so I don't think... Uh, that's a big issue, I think, in general we played a good game, but uh, I think we were not uh, pressing as well in the second half as we did in the first half, and that's why they created uh, a bit more danger and we couldn't really recover the ball, but uh, yeah, uh, we'll have to do a bit better in the final, let's see against who we play and uh, hopefully another cup. And in the final now, there's a chance of another El Clasico, is that what you live for, is that what you want? No, we, we respect uh, all the teams and uh, uh, tomorrow will be a tough game for both teams and uh, it's both difficult teams to play against so let's see who will win and uh, then we will prepare the game for that uh, for, uh, for that game maybe some fans won the Clasico but for us it doesn't matter Tibor congrats again and all the best for the next one thank you now, Luis Garcia was watching that game as well for us, the Supercopa. I suppose that we could say that Betis and Barcelona are going to be licking their lips knowing that if they win their game tomorrow, it's a tired Real Madrid, Luis, that they'll be facing in the final on Sunday. Yes, a tired Real Madrid, a poor Real Madrid, a slow Real Madrid, but a Real Madrid that wins, that always find a way to, to get a result. And today we saw once again... Uh, what we've seen uh, lately at Real Madrid that, that is very plain, that doesn't have that ability to create many chances. It was just a couple of three where we've seen a, a couple of them. But definitely it was dominated by Valencia in the middle of the park. Once again, uh, Modric didn't appear much. We didn't see Rodrigo. Camarillo was uh, changed at halftime because he had that also a yellow card. We saw after that it was a, a small injury or looked like a small injury on the left, uh, the right knee. But at the end, Real Madrid that is struggling to get results. We saw what happened at the, at the weekend against Villarreal. And today, once again, they have to wait until Couto once again save the team. So yeah, if I'm Betis or if I'm Barcelona, I will look forward to play against the Real Madrid at the moment. But what's wrong with Real Madrid right now, LA? Prior to the World Cup, this team was struggling. And we thought, all right, well, the World Cup break is going to allow this group to just kind of step away. All right, let's take a break from the pressures of La Liga. We'll go represent our countries. We'll come back. We're going to be recharged. And here we go for the rest of La Liga. And not quite. It hasn't been like that. And, and indeed, you can call it a World Cup hangover if you want to, but I really think that this team has been struggling even before the competition. And so we just haven't seen a team with any life 
any life in the legs, any life in the mind, to be honest with you. You look at a group that is unable to go on press, unable to put pressure on other teams, that they are dictated to. When do you think of a Real Madrid team that actually other teams start dictating the, the pace with which they play the game? The strength of Real Madrid is controlling the pace of the game, controlling the match. Even when they don't have the ball, they're playing it the way that they want to play it. Not right now. Right now, Real Madrid is reacting to other teams. It's not proactively taking control of the game. And so, therefore, you are having to find Real Madrid chasing into spaces, defending in areas that they don't want to defend. You are not seeing transition from Vinicius Jr. You are not seeing productivity from other players in the attack, whether that's Rodrigo or Valverde, who, to me, today, in the second half, you saw some, you saw some lives in, in his leg. But we haven't seen much of that as we saw earlier in the season. So it's not just one problem. And then you add to that the fact that there were injuries today. Ice backs all over the bench. Tire legs, tire minds. This team right now has a whole lot of issues that Carlo Ancelotti has to deal with. Well, they didn't have an issue with Frank Leboff, and I'm just saying it to you because I know you took penalties. Was taking their penalties the same can't be said for Valencia? How bad was that penalty that you just saw? It's always the same thing, you know, when you, when you take a penalty, if you don't respect the goalkeeper, you don't respect yourself and uh, it's your karma that you're going to face. <laughs> and that's what it is when you see the ridiculous penalties, when you try to chip, when you try to, I don't know, uh, play again with the goalkeeper, uh, you're going to be punished. Um, I, I talked to the best of the best in terms of penalty taker. Uh, it was Johan Cruyff. And he was saying, I close my eyes and I shoot strong on the side, you know, uh, uh, on the floor. And I think he never missed a penalty. But I didn't play with the goalkeeper. Okay, so <laughs> respect your goalkeeper. Shaka Hislop will be happy to hear no, that one. Uh, did, did, you just, did you just notice there a little name drop action there from Frank Leboff? You know, I was talking to Johan Croft. You know how it is, how we do the big timers. We're at the same get. level sort of thing. That's what All you right. get from World Cup. And I'm winning. sorry, I made a mistake because I wanted to, I mean, I meant Johan Niskens. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, so it wasn't even Johan Cruyff. So we dropped, we name dropped the wrong name. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> I love how easily you just said it as well. Oh, I'm actually sorry. It wasn't him. It was him instead. Oh, God. Let's talk sorry. about oh, Gareth Bale. Sorry, it was Pele. It was Pele. Was it Pele or Maradona? I don't remember. No. He's met them all. He's met them yeah. all. Gareth Bale has announced his retirement from football, his immediate retirement as well. And we've been having this conversation over the past few days. But now that we've got a few more faces on here, we'd like to continue it. Luis Garcia, how do you look back on his time with Real Madrid? Did he live up to his expectations or was it, as some say, really a disappointment? People, uh, football doesn't have uh, memory and we've seen it once again with Gareth Bale. It's true, we have to give the credit to, to the people who was uh, blaming about uh, his injuries or about his lack of commitment with the team or his fault, uh, lack of respect sometimes when we saw the banner and stuff. But we have to say that uh, Gareth Bale, when he arrived to Real Madrid with that price tag that it was at the time, a, a record everybody was expecting a lot and I think he covered that, those expectations. I think was one of the most uh, impressive players when he was playing on the left side or in the right side. That speed, that power, that left foot, creating a lot of chances, scoring amazing goals. This is one of the most iconic. That run with uh, Bartra uh, on the left side. But he got even injured, the, the Barcelona player on the run. 
and he scored a fantastic goal and El Clasico. These kind of moments are produced by Gareth Bale, quite a few ones. We've seen this one, but we've seen it in the Champions League final, in the Cup final, and the, the, the moments are uh, countless. High, highlights all over the, pl uh, the places, and, and I think we have to remember about this. It's true that he's only 33, that uh, we could see that he could play for quite a while, but I think he lost the, the love of the, of the game, he lost the emotion and the competitiveness, and probably I think he made the best, the best um, the uh, option over there. He decided, listen, I'm not enjoying, so why I have, I'm going to continue doing this. But definitely one of the best players that, that I've seen in the last 10 years, forgetting about the last two because of the injuries. And that's something the boys were talking about yesterday, Frank, just losing the love for the game. Craig said that he lost his love for the game. That's when he stopped. Where he said somebody like Steve, he just wanted to keep playing, so he just went down the leagues. Did you ever play with anybody who lost the love of the game? And how evident was it? Uh, many players, many players, and, and sometimes they don't want to accept it. And uh, I, I was in that case where I was fed up with football. I played 17 years or 15 years, sorry, at the top level. And uh, I, I was fed up traveling. I was fed up, you know, uh, pushing myself to the best uh, and seeing that I was getting injured, seeing that I, was, uh, I wasn't that good uh, or the way I wanted to be, uh, wanted to be. And, uh, and you have to realize that sometimes the, there is a barrier and you have to stop, you know. And I like the comment of, uh, of uh, Guardiola in that matter about Gareth Bell saying that now he can fully commit to, to golf <laughs> because I think it was his aim target. And, uh, and I, I understand that. I understand at some point, you know, I think he played for 17 years at the top level. He, he had some fantastic games, some fantastic time and... Uh, I don't know if he's going to regret sometimes of, your, of his life, but I can easily understand that you want to retire even if you're 33. I think Michel Platini retired at 31. He was fed up. He was fed up with football and he always said, I was happy to give up. That's what can happen. You know, it's a passion at first. It becomes a job and after you can be fed up with what you do. He ended up in MLS. It was only five months in MLS, but he did something the likes of Zlatan, Rooney, Lampard didn't do, and that was be pivotal ah. in an MLS title win for LAFC. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, and I think this is so what Gareth Bale careers was like, in that it's about big moments, in big occasions, in big games. Up until this point, Gareth Bale hadn't really played an important role for LAFC. And yet he's put on the field in a truly big moment by standards of Major League Soccer. And he comes up with a gigantic goal for LAFC. And you can say that about his career <coughs> and his time with Real Madrid. That he came up with big goals for Real Madrid. The bicycle kick in Champions League final. Now that's a goal and a half right there. That, that is the goal that everybody would want to score in Champions League. And he did it. Yes, Gareth Bale. But when you evaluate his career, it's, while you can take it as the totality of the moments, it's impossible not to look at the injuries. It's impossible not to look at, at what the last few years were like in Real Madrid and, and what the reports were and what his behavior was like and what was seen as a, the perceived lack of commitment. Because as a player, as a former player myself, that did not have anywhere near the talent that Gareth Bale had, I'm envious of the opportunity that he had to continue to play at a high level, and yet he was not motivated by it. He was not defined by it. And perhaps that's healthy 
from his perspective. But from my perspective, it's like, man, give me that talent and I'll run myself through the wall, <laughs> right? But perhaps for Gareth Bale, it's different. It's like, I I've achieved the things that I wanted to achieve. Right now, this is not what motivates me. I go on and do something else. But the problem is, is that he made that decision years ago. He officially retired this year. But he's been retired, you can make the argument, from high level of competition for a while now. He only showed up for Wales, and that's what was so frustrating for Real Madrid fans, in that he shows up for Wales, he's scoring goals, he's doing this, he's running by people, and you're like, wait, 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 is that the same guy? Yes, it was the same guy, because in the talent level was elite. Now, did he always deliver at that level? No, I don't think you can say that. Regardless, one of a kind. Yeah, he definitely felt loved by Wales and not mm. so much by Real Madrid. That's what Gareth Bale would say. Anyway, we wish him well post-retirement now that he is no longer playing professional football. Alex Moreno still what? is. He has made oh, the no, move from me. Real Betis. I know I almost <laughs> thought it was when I thought tonight's rundown. He's off to Aston Villa. A 13.2 million transfer fee. Six goals and 13 assists in 122 games with Real Albertis and he was a Copa del Rey winner with them last year. Uh, Betis will be in action against Barcelona in the other semi-final of the Spanish Super Cup. Can they prevent a Clasico final on Sunday? You'll have to tune in tomorrow on ESPN Plus to find out but it will be Real Madrid in the final. Who will be joining them? Passion, drive and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights and more. Whether you're into speed, power or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. PSG were in action against Angers today. Messi and Neymar both hey, back hey. in the squad. There they are. We'll pick up the action in the fifth minute. PSG would take the lead. It was Hugo Ekitike making a run in the box with the goal. Service on the right-hand side gets across his defender. Good touch to that far post. Clean finish. That would be 1-0. Messi's back, so what does Messi do? Well, he makes it be known that he's back by scoring. He had to wait to uh, see if it would be allowed. Hey, Angé, that's Lionel Messi. <laughs> I want to pick him up. Oh, is he outside? No. no, he's not. Lionel Messi with a nice clean finish. Classy. He loves it. Everybody does. PSG win it.
There was a 2-0 win on the day, extending their lead at the top of the table to six points. Lionel Messi back in the team and back on the score sheet. Frank LaBeouf, you were watching this game. What stood out to you? Uh, an easy performance for, for Paris Saint-Germain against the last of the Ligue 1. And uh, I would say that uh, Lucky Angers, that they are a very good goalkeeper, Bernardoni, who, scored, who saved like uh, four um, fantastic uh, shots and uh, it should have been like 4-5 or 6-0 for Paris Saint-Germain. Uh, an easy performance for Mr. Messi, the champion of the world, came back to Paris uh, easily, didn't run a lot, but they, and every time he touches the ball, something happening, so uh, I think the fans were very happy. And um, Neymar did what he had to do on, uh, today, was uh, very good, it was really Neymar. He was at some point very good, and at the other gate, got in, got uh, got upset against a defender, got a ye yellow card. He complained to the to the ref, carried on complaining after the game. Uh, but well, uh, a talented Neymar and uh, an upsetting Neymar. Uh, overall, an easy, uh, not too complicated performance from uh, from Paris Saint Germain. Frank, the word is that PSG had decided against a celebration for Messi at the beginning of the game after winning the World Cup. They felt that it was sufficient, that they already gave him the guard of honour on his return to training. Are you OK with that? Oh, I completely agree. I mean, they, I just want to remind you that they beat France. <laughs> Come on, we, we, we're happy for him, but we're not going to bow in front of him and uh, celebrate him like uh, it was part of our you know, tra uh, uh, celebration. Uh, that's, that's, that's fair enough, you know, to uh, accept the fact that he won and he deserved to win. But come on, you know, he plays for a French team uh, in France. So uh, <laughs> low profile, my friend, low profile, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, look out, because in the next World Cup, he might just be featuring, according what? to Lionel Scaloni. He said, I think Messi can make it to the next World Cup. It will depend a lot on what he wants and what happens over time, that he feels good. The doors will always be open. He's happy on the pitch. And for us, it would be good. Oh. Now. I'm going to get your reaction, all of you, to this. Ale, I'll start with you. I mean, could you see this happening? And what kind of role would it be for a 39-year-old Lionel Messi? See, they just got done winning the World Cup, so everybody's feeling great. Everybody's feeling so good, so high, so excited. Oh, what a moment this would be to be able to recreate this in four years' time. Uh, let me remind you, it's four years' time. And a lot has to happen, and you have to go through a whole World Cup qualifying cycle, the difficulties of that in Comebol, and the stresses of that, and a Copa America as well in the middle of all that. Yeah. At some point, it becomes a grind again. You forget how magical it was, and you realize, oh, this may not be for me. I don't think we're going to see Lionel Messi in 2026. And if we see Lionel Messi in 2026, it's because Argentina hasn't been able to find a way of winning games without Messi. So it's more of a referendum of Argentina. The fact that they have to depend once again on Lionel Messi, I just don't see it happening. Luis, he didn't rule out his role with Argentina. He didn't say that was it yet. He said he still had more to give this side. Do you see it happening? No, I don't think uh, that is going to happen. And I hope not to happen because I just said before that the football has no memory. And I don't want to see Lionel Messi on 2026 World Cup struggling with Argentina with people talking bad about his performances or about Argentina or about why you didn't retire because 
That's the way it is. That's the way football is. Now, Lionel Messi, for all of us, is the GOAT. He's the best player of the history of football. But if he arrived 2026, and by, at some stage, the Argentina is struggling, and we don't see the best Lionel Messi because he will be 39 and probably he's not going to be the best one. He's going to be around, like he's been in the World Cup, being the most important and making impact every single time he's on the ball. But if we don't see that, people is going to start blaming Lionel Messi and I don't want to see that. So I am enjoying what he has done. I hope that he enjoys the next coming years playing football, but I don't want to see that happening. Let's not ask Frank because he's already made it clear that they have no respect no. in Paris. <laughs> He's not going to bow to anybody. <laughs> Absolutely not. But what we do want to get your thoughts on, Frank, is what Hugo Lloris has had to say about Emi Martinez and his antics during that World Cup final penalty shootout. He said, there are some things I can't do. Making a fool of myself in goal, rattling my opponent and crossing the line. I just can't do that. I'm too rational and honest a man to go that way. I don't know how to win like that. Although I didn't really want to lose like that either. <laughs> What do you make of his comments, Frank? But that's the truth of the truth, you know. We know that uh, uh, Hugo is a very kind of shy person, does his job, very professional, but not as crazy as uh, Mr. Martinez showed, you know. And there is nothing to complain about what uh, did Emiliano Martinez on the field. I mean, he has the right to do that and to play that game. It's, uh, and Hugo expressed that, he didn't want to... He didn't want to say anything about what Martinez did after the game in the dressing room or partying with his friends about Mbappé and France and whatever. He said, I don't want to say more because everything has been said about it. Um, uh, Hugo Lloris has been a model to every player, football players who want to be, you know, just do their job, not be committed and uh, involved in any, uh, any issues, any problems. Uh, he, he has a very good career, he's a very good person, very smart, and I think he has completely the right to say what he said, and, uh, and, and, and he's, it's really the truth, he's that guy, he's that kind of guy, he's so respectful toward the others, and, uh, and you, you can see this, uh, it's, it's, it's really who he is. Ale, what would you do to win like that? Oh, I would act like an idiot, I don't care. <laughs> if it meant winning or losing and the difference was me acting like an idiot, I would be out there doing whatever was necessary. Now, I respect the approach that Hugo Lloris takes. I, I respect what he's saying and what he's communicating. The only thing that I would say to him is make a save. Make a save. Make a save, make a save, make a save. And if you do, then France is winning and you're lifting a trophy. It's much easier to say what Hugo Lloris has said when he's already had a World Cup. Right when he's already won one, but if you haven't won one and it's dependent upon and the difference, as you has just intimated and mentioned, that is acting like an idiot or not, there's no doubt as to what I would do. In fact, there's no limit as to what I would do if it meant that my country was going to win the World Cup. How far would you go, Luis? I think that we've seen every kind of situation and, and ways of, of behavior on the pitch. We've seen players scoring with the handball trying to do all kind of tricks, trying to get out of focus uh, to the people. I'm not saying as a keeper, but into, uh, as, a, as a football player inside the field, one of the players who, who play uh, the game. So if it means that uh, you're going to win, I understand that they are different characters, different personality. I will, I've, I've been doing a few things, tricky things, trying to get out of focus or try to get out of the game to try to win. And I remember once I was 18 and I was going to take a penalty, 
And I sent the keys to the keeper to try to get it out of focus. He saved the penalty, so I never done anything like that again. <laughs> so you learn and you keep going. <laughs> <laughs> well done, Luis. Well done. <laughs> All right. Oh, the kiss of death. Yes, the kiss of death. The yeah. kiss of death. Listen, <laughs> hopefully we'll have some more funny stories like this on the latest edition uh, of Extra Time. It will be Louise, Frank and Ale answering your questions. Make sure to always keep up to date with it by subscribing to our YouTube page. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Enzo Fernandez has been scoring himself, scoring himself some goals, should I say. Look at this. Wonderful stuff for Benfica here in cup competition. Wasn't he supposed to be going to Chelsea? What happened? Well, there's a hefty price tag oh. associated with this player. Oh. So look at, listen, it isn't over yet. It isn't over yet, but look, he's telling everybody, sticking around. Ah, I'm sticking. At least yes. for now, anyway. Yes. At least for yes. now. Here for a little while. <laughs> I love you for now. Yes. I'll be back, maybe. Uh, what a player and what a tournament he had in the World Cup. Yep, that he is. won't be sticking around for too much longer. I, I don't think so. Stick around with us, though, because Ale, Luis, and Frank LeBoff will be answering your questions on extra time. There's one about baldness as well. Yeah. What? Wait and see. Welcome into the latest edition of Extra Time. We have Luis Garcia, Frank LeBoff and Ali Moreno here in the studio. First question. Mm. Percentage chance of Man City finishing the season trophyless. What do you think, Ali? Trophyless. Uh, I'm going to say 25%. 25%? Percentage chance of yep. finishing yep. trophyless. Yes. So I'm saying there's 75% chance that they're going to have a trophy. Okay. Yeah. All I right. Don't know, I don't know why is there such a surprise. Is that, is that no, a, I, a low number, a high number? I feel that so many people are so set on Man City definitely going to win something this season. What, 70, I'm giving it 75%. Right. I mean, that's a high percentage. I mean, it is, yeah. That's, that's, that's a passing grade right there. Is it a passing grade for you, Frank LaBeouf? No. I give zero percent because I think they're going to win the Premier League. That's All the right. minimum Lu they're going to win. But, Luis, yeah. Luis Garcia, are you somewhere in the middle? Yeah, I'm a bit in the middle. I'm 50-50. Uh, I think that they still have a chance to, to win a trophy. But, uh, uh, but they just uh, went out for of one, so one trophy left. And uh, they still uh, two more to win. But um, I think that they're going to struggle, so 50-50. 
Yeah, isn't that Don Zanza now? He just reverts to 50-50, yeah, doesn't it's, he? It's much easier for him to deal with 50-50, <laughs> yes. All right, for all, does Eric Ten Hag now have to win the Carabao Cup? Frank. Uh, who's left? Newcastle? Newcastle, Southampton, Southampton Manchester United. And Nottingham Forest. Forest. Oh, they're playing, yeah. yeah. Uh, yes, yes, they have to win it. Yeah, they're the favorite, the, the contender. And I think they are, they are two and they're, they're getting better. They play well, so they have a chance to do that. So yeah, but at the same time, they want to be, they want to finish in the first four. So they can't jeopardize, you know, the possibility of playing the Champions League next season by only winning the, uh, the FA Cup final. So um, it will have to be um, tactically and uh, in terms of uh, using his men, you know, carefully. So, um, but he has to win the FA Cup. He's a favorite, yeah. All right. Luis, when you moved from Spain to Liverpool, what was the biggest adjustment you had to make on the pitch? What advice would you give João Félix on his move to Chelsea? <laughs> Get a t-shirt. Well, for me, it was about uh, <laughs> the physical condition. I think that uh, I needed to train more, I needed to work more. I needed to go to the gym to try to get a little bit of strength because uh, I, I realized myself that it was about uh, going up and down during 90 minutes and uh, physically I was 65 kilograms back then in, in my best condition and I was playing against guys that they were 80 kilos and 185, 190 uh, high. So at the end it's about trying to, to adapt to that kind of style of football. So you have to think quicker go faster and decide uh, faster than them. So that was my first adaptation that I needed to do. So that will be my, my tip. Then he needs to try to think faster than in Spain. They, he will not have the same time when he receives the ball. Quick question for Luis, right? The, the question was on the field. Yes. What about off the field, Luis? What, what advice would you give Joao Felix? Off the field? <laughs> To bring good food. I think I didn't enjoy the food in England when I was playing in Liverpool. I needed to adapt. Also, it doesn't matter. So it was well, about. He's going to be in London. He's going to be in London, so there's ah, plenty okay. of great selections. Yeah, yeah, Maybe it's still, not English yeah. restaurants, but <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, Frank, I'm yeah. actually interested on your thoughts on that question. Um. I agree with Luis. I mean, you have to be stronger. You have to accept the fact that uh, if there is a push, never stop playing, you know, uh, because uh, the crowd and, uh, and even the, the players uh, and the referees um, won't like that. So you have to try to keep on playing, you know, don't, don't over, you know, overplay the fact that you've been, uh, you've been kicked or touched and everything. You have to try to stay on your feet and, and try to play. Outside the, the field, he can call me. You know, I have very nice Spanish, Italian, French restaurant that he can go to. But the, the biggest advice will be stay at home, stay in a warm place, you know, and sleep well. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. What would be a good spell for Felix Ale? Over or under 12 goal involvements? Does that mean? Does that mean assist or goals? Yeah, he just it, it, overall, so he assists and goals. So if he makes a run to the near post and takes the defender away, that frees somebody up. That is that a goal involvement as well? I'd say goal involvement is just the assist and the oh, goals. Okay, I'm, I'm just asking for a friend. 
Somebody used to do that, do that quite a bit and didn't get any credit uh. for it. Uh, in any case, I digress. Um, I'm gonna say that Joao Felix, if he were to get, say, a combination of six goals, six assists, that actually would be a, an impactful rest of the season for him because he hasn't been able to do that with Atletico Madrid. So I'm gonna go with yes. Over 12 would be, would be yes. A very successful six months. Well, the hardest person to please when it comes to Chelsea is Frank LaBeouf. So what do you say, Frank? What would be good for João Félix, over or under 12 goal involvements? I don't care. I want you know, him <laughs> to run when he has the ball, to run when he doesn't have the ball. I want him to be involved you know, with everything that I want to see on the field. And that's more how he's going to behave on the field is going to make me think that he's... Uh, completely um, uh, into the game, that is, that is really want to do something good. Scoring goals, you know, not scoring goals, giving us his yes, it's going to be, it's going to come. If you are 100%, you know, uh, prepared to, uh, to fight and to, and to fight for the club. The thing is for Chelsea, you know, again, we have so many players like him. I want to see something different. I want to see a warrior at front. I didn't see any warrior for a while now. Okay, well, if you're expecting a warrior, Joao Felix is not your guy. <laughs> That's know, not the guy. I know. <laughs> I wonder if, you, if Chelsea had to do a little backpedal today because they put Hola Joao Felix, but they wrote the Spanish Hola uh -huh. on the hashtag, uh -huh. and oh. many people told them this is not the way the Portuguese would spell it, okay. and that swiftly oh. came off Twitter, and then there was a different announcement. Yeah. <laughs> why, can, why can people just take the, hey, at least they're saying that they're making an attempt. I don't, I don't really care. Get up on it. <laughs> no. There's a hashtag for this? There was a hashtag from Chelsea. Come on. Yeah. We, we live in a crazy, crazy world, let me tell you. Well, all I say I is respect for the they languages. Didn't do they didn't do that when I signed. When I signed for Chelsea, they didn't say bonjour, Frank Leboeuf. They didn't care. They didn't even say hello. No, you they know? said hola, you know, Frank Leboeuf instead. <laughs> hashtag. Did they hashtag no, it, though? Was there they a hashtag? They didn't say anything. They, they say, who that yeah, guy? Who that guy? There wasn't even technology when you signed for Chelsea, Frank Leboeuf. <laughs> Wow. That's true, that's true. <laughs> it's all right, I was around then as well, so I'm, I'm bringing myself into that. Yeah, wow, well, so was I, but wow. <laughs> <laughs> Ale, what are your thoughts on Alex Moreno joining Unai Emery's Aston Villa, and what do you think his impact can be? I only ask because the two of you have similar names. Ah, yeah, and that's where the uh, similarities end. Look, uh, Alex Moreno is a guy who <laughs> will be a consistent performer for Unai Emery. Unai Emery knows him well, uh, and... It's a guy who you're going to see up and down that left-hand side. He will be an asset in the attack. He will join in the attack and be able to cross balls in. And every so often, you will see him appear at the far post and perhaps scoring a goal or two. He, I think, is a player that Unai Emery expects a lot to help down the left-hand side for Aston Villa. Last question. Ale, have you considered growing a beard? I'm sure Frank can give you tips on how to pull off the bald head beard combo. Uh, I have not considered growing a beer. I too much work. That's not. Uh -uh. That's not for me. And more importantly, I don't care for the beer, right? But my wife doesn't care for the beer. My wife doesn't like it. And if the wife doesn't like it, it's just not happening. Because we all know, happy wife, happy life. Well, I'm just saying, I like to go home and feel loved and appreciated. 
The beer would bring a lot of resentment. And I don't need resentment in my life. I don't love you with the beer. Yes, I do not love you with the beer. I don't need to give her any reasons not to love me, by the way. So, yes, okay. I'm going to be clean cut. From Frank. So from, from now on, we know who the boss is at the uh, Moreno's house, you know, and we decide whether you have to wear a beard or, a beard or not, you know. Uh, I don't care if my wife likes it or not, you know, that's my style. If you're not happy, you know, <laughs> you know, so be it. You know, I have my beard. And, you know, that's an advice from the regretted uh, Gianluca Vialli. He always said, you know, when you, when you shave your head, you cannot be without a beard or a moustache. It doesn't fit. He has to go. And I know, and I mentioned that Ali is not shaving his head. He's trimming his head, which is different, which is completely different. He has another the shine, The shine coming off my head right now and the lights in the studio would suggest that I am shaving my head. <laughs> what else do you, what else not, do you want well, from me, Frank? <laughs> I mean, I have no, lights no, shining I, I on top see, of my head. I can see... I still can see the, the, the hair from the side, you know? I can okay, see well, the hair from the side. Hey, don't be jealous because there's some hair back here. Don't be jealous, Frank. I can still oh, that, grow that it out I'm not jealous. I'm not jealous about that, you know? Maybe your tie, <laughs> maybe ah, your, your suit, well, but not you know. about that. I cannot believe that. <laughs> uh, the, how legit is my shaving of the hair? It is. You're right here. You're close by. I'm close. I can see. Oh. The shine is blinding Yes. Me. There's a lot of shining lights. Uh, meanwhile, Luis Garcia has so? magnificent hair. Oh, yes, he does. Well, that's that's a pretty guy. Oh, yeah. Lu yeah. Luis Garcia. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully. Yeah. Have you, have you grown a beard? Here. Hopefully it stays here. Have Never. you ever grown a beard? Uh, Never? I don't, I, I don't have enough around. No, it doesn't look good. Yeah. I grew a beer for a championship run once with the uh, Columbus crew. It was part of the sort of good luck kind of thing, and we all did it as a team. So there you go. A play of beer, if you will. Uh, th that was it. That was it. Well, because again, <laughs> let me reiterate, babe, I love you. I will not grow a beer. I'm coming home clean cut. So last question is from me, and maybe you guys can answer. Whenever I went on the preseason with Real Madrid, mm. everybody suddenly had a beard yeah. and they were all unkempt. And I used to wonder, is this because they're not allowed to do this when they're back at home? Well, because you're in preseason, you're doing two a days, you're doing fitness sessions, you're doing all the, the last thing that you're thinking about is shaving. You're like, ah, at some point I'll shave whenever we go home. But in the meantime, let's just let it be. Were you a bit more like that on preseason, Luis? Yes, yes, yes. That, that's the only, the, the only time that I let the beard or the, the hair and everything because you, just, you are just too tired so you don't even think about what's happening. And because there was no social media or anything, no interviews, no anything, you were working to the, on the beach and going back to the hotel so you didn't care about anything. Now everybody looks fantastic, even they bring the, the hairdresser to the place, so yeah, different world. Frank is going, what? And shaking his head at this. Of course, of course, you know, always to be, pre you always to be prepared, you know. So you shave every two days your head, Frank LeBeuf. You trim when you have to trim your beard, you know. You wax when you have to be, to, to do so, you know. And you always prepared, always. That's the difference between a World Cup winner. Ah, is that it? It's, is it also the fact that he speaks of himself in the well, third person? Why do person? you have to bring that? <laughs> why do you have to bring that? World I Cup know, winner. Like you were, you it's were, nothing you to were... do with that. You oh know what? God. Fail to prepare, right. prepare right. to fail is what he was telling you guys. Man. But, yeah, but I'm right. Anyway, we've got to go. Yeah, no. We've got to go. Frank's got to go shave. Okay.
please. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> we'll see you next time. Brainstorm. What's something that works so well that it's basically magic? Microwave. Air conditioning. What about selling with Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash FC, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash FC now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash FC.